0: And we are live for the 123rd episode of the Bronx Bomber Bible podcast. I'm your host Matt Lesluigi, and tonight it's me, it's Andrew, and it's G. How we doing, fellas? How's it going? Well, we're recording this directly after the Yankees 8-6 loss, um, so it's uh, you know a bit of a rough one there. But we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about any games being played. We're here to talk about post trade deadline. As you all know, trade deadline wrapped up about six o'clock today, and you know it's funny because Monday morning, really not much had happened around the league. Like there was very few trades. You know, Juan Soto was still a national, nothing really to talk about. But man, those last you know 36 or so hours, it was a frenzy, and. The Yankees were very involved. They made a lot of moves. Obviously, it all started with Benintendi, which we talked about last week. Um, he's had a very rough start, to say the least. I believe he's won for his first 20 now as a Yankee. Uh, hopefully, he figures it out. Um, but, you know, the Yankees went out and got Scott Efros. Then they got uh, Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino, which was kind of the big trade, which we'll really dive into. Um And obviously, Joey Gallo, now a Los Angeles Dodger. They get the Dodgers number 15 prospect, Clayton Beater, who's a right-handed pitcher, which turned into now our number 10 prospect. So not bad getting a solid pitching prospect for a guy in Joey Gallo, who was just a completely lost cause. Hopefully he finds himself over there in L.A. And the surprise of the day, the kind of last-minute deadline shocker, Jordan Montgomery. Off to St. Louis. Uh, I don't think really anyone saw that coming. We weren't like the biggest Gumby guys, but yeah, Jordan Montgomery straight up for Harrison Bader. So, guys, early thoughts about this trade deadline because the Yankees, for a team that, you know, 12 games up in the division, very almost certainly going to win the division, team made a lot of moves today.
1: Yeah, like we did. And I don't know, it, it's hard for me to be super excited um as we're recording this like seconds after that miserable loss to the mariners uh yeah, like I, I don't even particularly know. care that we traded montgomery but you look at at jmo in his pants again you think like well then who the hell what depth do we have in the rotation uh it, it all honestly relies on on montas being not not an ace but like a true number two that we traded for him to be because if it's another sunny gray type situation then we're fucked, right because Uh, We shorten our depth. We're going to put more eggs in the domingo Herman basket. Um, Efros is a good add. Trevino, maybe they they can turn him around. Uh, Bader's not going to play for a month, so that's kind of a wash for a while. And Andrew Benintendi hasn't done shit so far. I know it's a super small sample size, but right now I'm pretty lukewarm, and it doesn't help by the fact that the team still has some injuries, still have a bunch of guys in the lineup struggling, and they're not winning as many games. uh, They're not on the pace they were earlier in the year
2: yeah i think um it's i mean it's yeah it's hard to evaluate it's only been a couple days since the ben trade um i think that's going to be a you know one of the two most important ones um obviously you don't have gallo anymore and that is you know addition by subtraction which like i feel bad for joey gallo because you know, he was never unaccountable. He wasn't making excuses. He just didn't play well. And there's, there's of course, a human side to the sports and to the trade deadline and stuff, which, um, you know, I hope he does well for the Dodgers. But otherwise, just in terms of the moves the Yankees made, um, you know, having watched Albert Abreu pitch, you know, I guess we've talked about the Miguel Castro experience. That's basically how I feel about Albert Abreu. And Boone is, like, desperately trying to make Albert Abreu a thing since he came back to the team. Um so I'm going to definitely roll my roll my dice with Trevino and uh, Efros I think will be good. But otherwise, you know, Montas is definitely the big deal. Um, gave up two prospects that we definitely uh, were familiar with, and Ken Waldachuk and Luis Medina. And otherwise, Montas is the kind of guy, maybe not, you know, the quote-unquote Garrett Cole or, you know, what's his name, Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander, I guess, caliber pitcher that, you've seen traded at the deadline in previous years, but, um, funny enough, he has a slightly better ERA than Garrett Cole does at this point in the year anyway. So I think he's definitely going to be as good as we could hope for him to be. And after the Montgomery trade, who knows, you know, what they do with rotation, whether they put Montgomery or, or I'm sorry, Gumby, or i keep doing that. Jesus Christ. Um, Domingo Herman or Clark Schmidt, um, Whomever it may be, but Montes, I think, is going to be really good for the Yankees. Yeah. Like Andrew, you were saying this before they show.
0: They really need him to be. Um, the Yankees could wind up winning every trade other than the Montes trade. If Montes flames out and just not good for us, I mean, this, that's a really big deal, especially like, look, we basically swapped out Montes for Gumby, right? So obviously, Frankie's better. I think we could all agree with that, but it definitely is a concern, especially you know, Luis Severino just got moved to the 60-day IL. Now he was upset about that. He just started his throwing program. Um, that's kind of a move just to not rush him back, but you know you always have to kind of have it in your head like there's no guarantee that Seve comes back to the rotation at full strength. So yeah, you're really going to need to rely on Frankie Montas in this rotation down the stretch. Uh,
1: it's and def- like, here here's my thing with this. It's not even about at this point with there's still what 11 games up. Um, now they only have a two game lead over Houston for the for the best record. And that's concerning, but like I'm not even worried about them relying on certain guys or worrying about who you can trust over the course of the remainder of the regular season. That we're talking about 8 weeks. You're all but assured of, of getting to, to the playoffs and having a first-round buy. It's really about who you can trust once the calendar flips to October, right? Like, we saw Montgomery's past two, few starts out. Like, does any person feel comfortable? Like, if they're being perfectly honest with themselves, they may have an agenda, they may really have a bias towards liking him whatnot, but, like, if you were being perfectly honest with yourself, you watched him get shit on by the Mets and the Royals, are, are you comfortable with that kind of guy pitching in, in the postseason? No way. You see Jamison mm-hmm. Tyone pitch... As Porrely's has in like six of his last seven starts, the one against the last-place Royals that he was actually pretty decent in. Um, do you feel comfortable with him in the postseason? No. So really, like Montas needs to be good over the regular season, sure, but he he's, he's got to actually show us enough that we feel comfortable with him getting the ball in Game Two of a playoff series and going toe-to-toe against a guy like, um, I don't know, Jose Arcidi, right? So. Christian or, Javier. Yeah. You know, or right. Luis Garcia. Someone on the Astros, right? Um, who else did we forget? Framber Valdez, like any mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah, um, the
0: Astros is weird big- because all of their pitchers are like really good number two guys, besides Verlander. You know, you think you could literally just copy paste a guy from number two. But yeah, Montez definitely needs to be big for us down the stretch. And I think that they were taught they were talking about it obviously a lot during the uh, yes broadcast tonight's game, and I think th- the way they said it, and it's such a good point, is they looked at Montgomery and said, okay, do we trust this guy? Like you just said, Andrew, do we trust this guy in a postseason game? And it's kind of like, eh. So if you don't really trust him that much in the postseason, you're not. he's not a guy. Like, there's certain starting pitchers that have very good stuff or power stuff that, you know, if they don't make the postseason rotation, you throw them in the bullpen, they give you some bullpen. Montgomery's not a guy you put in the bullpen. You know, that's a guy that needs a little. Sometimes needs a bit to get warmed up. Doesn't really have overpowering stuff. You're not going to put Montgomery in the bullpen. I don't think Montgomery's ever come out of the bullpen in his career. Maybe he has early on, but uh, Montgomery's a starter. So, look, Harrison Bader. Obviously, he's hurt right now. They they're saying hopefully, you know, probably going to be out for all of August, which kind of is a bummer. Like you said, we're not really going to get to know or see what this trade uh, yields us for about a month. But you know, if he comes back, like there's a guy who. Like Hashman was saying, 70 speed, 70 fielding, Uh, you know, obviously not like a big power guy, but just a good all around player and a really good center fielder. So who knows? That could be a really good get for us for a guy that in Montgomery who, you know, let's face it, has had a really good start to the year, but the last few weeks was really struggling and kind of just like I've, I've always said with Montgomery, he's the definition of just decent. You know, you know what you're getting out of him. He's never going to be a guy who's, you know, number one or two. He's always going to be a three to five and that's okay. But yeah, I definitely, you know, you feel bad for the guy. Cause you like we were, and you know, he was completely blindsided by this. I don't think anyone expected him to be traded. So there's always the human element of that. And the fact that he was a homegrown guy and it definitely does hurt. But at the end of the day, I do think this is a good trade, but look, Harrison Bader's got to get healthy first. Right. And with the guy with his injury, and, you know, him relying on speed, that definitely is a bit of a concern. But, yeah, I, I definitely don't have a problem with the Montgomery trade at all.
2: And uh, the, well, yeah, I mean, so for Montgomery, um, and, you know, we watched Jameson Tyon pitch some pretty unimpressive innings tonight, which is not good. And they've kind of had the same or similar season arc where it's like they started off looking pretty good, and then they just kind of, you know, went downhill into just, like, mediocre, unimpressive starts, you know, like, going four innings. Montgomery is getting, you know, whacked around last week by, was it the Mets, and he gets taken out after three innings. He's just, like, we see him on the mound being, like, why? We're, like, dude, everyone on everyone on earth who's watching this game knows why, except for you, like. So, I feel bad for the guy, and he's, like, a homegrown player. Um, but I you can't really have two guys – who are up there basically being smoke-and-mirrors guys in the playoff rotation, which is Montgomery and Tyone. Um, and, you know, Domingo Ramon has his own issues, but I think in terms of stuff-wise, like, we've seen him come out of the bullpen and be effective, and right. I think he's got better stuff. So, I mean...
0: Exactly. Like, like, just... Domingo's a guy that, like you said, has bullpen experience, has the stuff that can be effective out of the bullpen. Gumby's not like that. And so they that they valued... Uh, Gum- or Domingo over Gumby in that sense, and especially the fact that, like, the Cardinals are just so, like, they they need, so Gumby might be their two guy, you know, like, they're so desolate with starting pitching right now, so that's definitely a need for them, and yeah, I like the, the
2: trickle-down effect of this one is interesting because, you know, we just saw the Yankees just send out Clark Schmidt, what was he, yesterday, two days ago, so, like, he can't come back for a while, and, he, you know, we don't even know if he's, he's probably... Yeah, like, he's probably not really that stretched out either. I think, you know, we've said it a couple of times throughout the year, like, we want them to make a determination. Like, he's been a starting pitcher. He's a starting pitcher prospect. He's come up a couple of times, you know, had a cup of coffee here and there and, like, pitched a couple, of like, odd innings here and there in the bullpen. And, like, I just would love for – if this is going to be the thing where it's, like, are we finally going to determine that Clark Schmidt's going to get a start, you know, they put Severino on the sixty-day IL, and he come back can't come back until September. And they, you know, I think it's just the, the, the trickle-down effect is going to be interesting because right now it seems like Gumby is, like, Jesus Christ, to keep doing that. Um, Domingo Herman is pretty solidified in the rotation for the time being, but um, who knows? You know, if that results in Clark Schmidt getting starts, I would definitely love to see that. And
1: yeah, otherwise, and, and here's pray the exception health. that that I have with with that that Montgomery trade, like, I like the the get in, in Bader. He's a, an incredible defensive center fielder. Yeah, I get he's hurt. Uh, it also helps Judge get out of center field and preserve him a little bit, so I, I kind of get that there. But it's, more than anything else, we were we were talking about potentially getting Pablo Lopez, and I don't, don't want to steal the thunder, where we're going to get into all the other moves made outside of the Yankees in a little bit, but, like, he didn't get moved. We were talking about, I think, sherman and heyman were both repeating uh reporting within like the last 30 minutes the yankees were in on pablo lopez like if you're gonna trade montgomery and you get someone else like get it but right now we gave up a, a number five starter and we didn't replace him with anyone so if someone else gets hurt now we're we're strapped for for depth to make it through the the regular season and that sucks so it's it's a very very weird day like i'm not gonna i'm not heartbroken over we're not having jordan montgomery on our team anymore I think he kind of is what he was, but the, the, like, the like effect. yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be weird and, and look, winning cures all, um, had they take care of business today, tonight against the Mariners, especially down four, nothing, come back and actually won that game. Maybe our tone's completely different, uh, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still in a weird spot. I just I like, feel like I, I'm, I'm stewing on that game right now. And now they're showing Joey Gallo in a Dodger hat. And I'm even more mad that I got to look at this guy's face still. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say they're, they're showing Joey Gallo pinching for the Dodgers and hitting like a
0: uh, 180
1: foot. <laughs> <put> yeah. <them.
2: laughs> oh, like Gumby is, I don't know. I mean,. He's he's fine. He's decent. Like, it doesn't really no need to beat the dead horse or anything. But like, it's not like he's out here eating innings. He's pitching like four and two thirds innings and, you know, not really being that impressive. So,
0: um, yeah, Gumby is going to Gumby. He was a good Yankee, like I said, homegrown. But yeah, I shouldn't really be a big loss. I think that was a good trade. Let's talk about the bullpen, though, because the Yankees definitely needed bullpen help. Uh, you know, the moment Michael King went down, it was 100% indeed. I I was saying that on this podcast the last few episodes. And, you know, Scott Efros and Lou Trevino, um, you know, Efros having a really good year, Trevino not so much, but obviously Trevino has more of a track record. Uh, Efros, five years of team control. So there's a guy that if he turns out good, uh, that's going to be a guy that, you know, could be on the team for the next four or five years. That's awesome to have. But how do we feel about the bullpen now after getting those two guys? Uh, I'm still kind of indifferent. Um, it's really, for me, it's still more about Luizaga and Chapman and those guys coming into form. Uh, also, uh, Clay Holmes, first bad stretch of the year. Not going to freak out about it too much. Uh, he is human, right? That was his first home run he gave up on that blown save on a Sunday against the Royals. So can't really freak out about that too much, but... Yeah, guys, how are we feeling about the bullpen after adding two arms to it?
2: I, I mean, so it, it's definitely still a work in progress, and the um, key, you know, hope and priority is that Chapman continues to improve, and, you know, Loizaga keeps improving and returning back to form. He's had a long stretch of, you know, interrupted or, you know, inconsistent, you know, pitching and all that stuff, so those... Two are trending in the right direction. Uh, Clay Holmes, obviously, we need him to get back to doing his thing, throwing his wiffle ball pitches, and being dominant. Um, and the, you know, the the later, you know, five or six arms, or whatever, kind of been like a floating, you know, you know, some people coming and going and here and there. And the additions of Efros and Trevino are interesting. Efros um, has. We've seen the clips. We've seen the gifts. Like he, his, some of his pitches have great movement. Um,
0: almost had a disastrous at first outing tonight. Right. Om- almost given up that home run. Not. not and
2: provided us with a uh, a very funny video clip uh, that we'll probably use often in terms of the reaction. He almost gave up a home run. His yep. reaction shot was pretty f- fucking hilarious. Um. So. The Trevino one is interesting. Bob Klapisch had pointed out that, you know, he's obviously not doing his like an ERA of six and a half this year, but has great numbers against um, Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman, which, you know, the Yankees, obviously that that's their, you know, mountain to climb is to beat the Astros in the playoffs. And any advantage there that you can produce is notable. So Trevino, hopefully, you know, Matt Blake can do his thing and get him pitching well and improve. And that'll be a nice experienced arm. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think beyond, like, Holmes and Chapman and Luizaga, like, they have plenty capable arms. It's just to get them, you know, lined up and functioning and all that stuff. Um, Britton, hopefully, I guess, will be back at some point. He's an experienced arm, get ground balls and all that stuff. Uh, Ron Marinaccio came out of nowhere this year and has been really good. Gave up, like, one run his last 20 innings, so he's kind of on the come up. And otherwise, you know, you have your Lutkies and your Wandies and – you know, whomever else. But I think they've got plenty of capable arms. It's just to get them all lined up and functioning in a sense-making way.
1: I will say I do like the the bullpen ads, if nothing else, that you've added depth, right? So they went out and they got Scott F. Ross, who's having a really good year, but they don't need him to immediately slot in as the eighth inning guy. Um, you went out and you got Trevino, who... Has had really good years in the past not so much this year does have i think like eight or nine saves with oakland uh, so maybe they can figure out some some clay holmes magic with him but like g mentioned the biggest hinge point the linchpin in this in this whole thing is obviously Holmes working out the kinks he's had a, a rough go over the past few times out um, and really louisica and chapman because if those two guys can recover from their early season injuries and regain their form from the past few years, like the guys you added today, or I should say yesterday, Efros and and Trevino are just depth guys. A a really, really good arm that you can throw out in the fifth inning if you need to eat an inning or face a really tough batter. Like that is a luxury. And you went from having Mike King, who was one of, if not the most dominant reliever in, in baseball, losing him for the year was crippling. But absolutely they still have they still have a yeah they still have enough pieces in play there that they can they can piece together five six innings out of the bullpen on any given night if they absolutely need to. Now you can't do that all the time uh, before the postseason. You're all going to get burnt out. But if you need to lean on the bullpen a little more in October, if the starting pitching isn't as trustworthy as we need it to be, I think they have enough arms, enough good arms, I should say, in play now. So you're not worrying about guy like Miguel Castro coming off the IL and getting important innings. You're not worried about oh do we shift a guy like Nestor or Montgomery to the bullpen and have to worry about them in a different segment. Uh you don't have to worry about Albert Abreu getting in. He probably will not be on the team, right? So like you can really just load up on on high-end no. high end arms. And who the hell knows? Maybe they they just said that uh, on on the yes post game that September 12th is the target date for Severino. If he's not ready, to be a full starter again. And I know we keep going through this. Like he was a reliever last year. And like, I, when are we going to get him healthy through the full year and, and have him throw in six innings regularly into the postseason? Maybe it doesn't happen. Like maybe, maybe I don't love the idea, but what if they use him as a reliever again? Like he would be awesome. But then again, you have to worry about him. You could do back like a Nestor
2: and Severino tandem start or something like that, you know, which that would be
1: you fun... could do. Yeah. And, and, and the Severino thing is interesting on more than one ground is that because he was really upset with being put on the 60 day, I don't know how much it would have delayed his return. He said he's thrown without pain. Maybe he would have been ready to come back like the last week of August. So it delayed him like 10 days, maybe. So it's kind of something. It's not like they just said, by the way, we're sitting you out an extra 45 days. So it's not that bad. But the fact is that his contract's up after this year, there is a $15 million option for next year. But with him just not being healthy for each of the last four years, I don't know if the Yankees are going to be willing to pick yeah. that up, so that's tough. So you almost wonder, like, is this the last year we're going to have Severino, or if he comes back and is serviceable, maybe he's willing to move to the bullpen, maybe they give him a two or three-year extension at more reasonable money. I don't know. Like, it's just, I'm not thinking way far ahead, but um, long and short of it is that there's a lot of a lot a lot of different options that they can go to in the bullpen, and it all relies on the key guys. Chapman, Loiza, and eventually Britain getting back to where they need to be, and then they can make everything else work. Right. Well, the
0: bullpen definitely, and the bullpen, the back end rotation definitely still has its questions, but your big three in the rotation is obviously Cole, Frankie, and Nestor, and that's a pretty. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, that's a, a phenomenal big three. I'm so like, um, oh, that's a pretty good big three. Um, you know, I'm. Like, look, that's Nestor, a good talk as, as much, you know, something that and I know this isn't exactly trade deadline talk, but something with uh, that we got to watch out for with Nestor is, you know, Nestor, his career high, he's like eight innings away from his career high in innings. And that's definitely something that I'm kind of just concerned about. Like, they're definitely going to have to kind of like limit his usage in a sense uh, as the year goes on, because, you know, but you know, if he's already, you know, eight innings away, like by by October there's a good chance he's, you know, 50, 60, 70 more innings than he's ever pitched before in a season. Like, that's a big concern. And if that's one of your main starters in the postseason, you want to have a big postseason run. That's definitely, definitely a bit of a cause for concern. And, you know, like Frankie Montes, not a guy that has, like, postseason experience, right? So, yeah, I'm still not, like, fully confident in this. And, look, I don't think I have to remind anyone what uh, Garrett Cole did last year in his first playoff start with us, right? So, I'm definitely not like, you know, over the moon and fully confident in the starting rotation come October, but I do. I, I am more confident than I was, you know, two days ago. I, I am more confident with Frankie Montes taking the hill than uh, Jordan Montgomery or Jamison Tyone or Domingo Hermos So th- there is that. Um, but guys, if we had let's any more, uh, we're going to kind of wrap the show up with trades around the league. Obviously, you know, contenders and other obviously want Soto trade. Um, but guys, what if we had to give this trade deadline for the Yankees a letter grade, what will we give it? And obviously look, it's going to be like, we could give it a F now. And then all these trades, you know, end up amazing and we win the world series and all it turns into an a, but right now, initial reaction, what grade are you giving it? Andrew, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, we actually talked about this before the show and, um, I'm going to stick with what, what I, I said then. Uh, I'm thinking C plus. They they did swing and miss on Luis Castillo who was their number one target. Montas is a is a good fallback plan, but that shoulder injury he had a couple weeks ago does scare me a little bit. His lack of postseason experience scares me a little bit. Um the the Montgomery trade we mentioned is is weird only in that they didn't add another starter to replace him. I would think like montas was like a guy you slotted in and then you would swap out montgomery for someone else at the back end kind of thing but it's really they literally just did swap those two guys which takes away from the depth i, I don't love that and puts more stress on on Herman. um the ben 10 thing, i need to see more from him and then the relievers whatever you get from them yeah bader you're not going to see for a month But for me, one of the bigger issues with with what we did at the trade deadline, like I get you protected Volpe, you protected Dominguez, you protected Austin Wells and Oswald Peraza, Everson Pereira, all the Roderick Arias, all all the top position players. But we absolutely nuked our pitching depth in the minors. And yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. that's easy to replace down the road through international signings through the draft in future years through just progression of guys in the low minors. Now, I don't know, but it is weird that we kind of made all of our trades out of our pitching depth and only the pitching depth. And like, if you need to to dip into that in future years or you need to lean on that segment again for some, from future trades, you don't really have a ton left and now you're going to be forced to, to deal a guy like Jason Dominguez for maybe, a year and a half rental of, of, of a pitcher. And I don't love that. So it, it, it's kind of weird. C plus is where, is where I'm going to settle, settle out. If the guys we traded for turn on the jets, like you mentioned, it, it could sh- easily shoot up to a B or an A uh, at the end of the year, but I'm kind of lukewarm right now.
0: Yeah. And Andrew, just to mention the Yankees, this trade that line they traded eight minor leaguers, seven were pitchers. So like uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of wild that I, like I noticed that I said, damn, like none of, None of their big time. I expected at least one of their like you know top position player prospects to be traded, but no. The only the only prospect that was traded was Bowman, and you know he wasn't one of our top prospects. So yeah, very surprising. But gee, what what grade would you give this Yankees trade deadline?
2: I'm giving it a solid B, which I don't know, it's, it, it kind of it kind of feels like a cop out, but I mean they addressed all their actual needs on paper needs. Uh, You know, they added bullpen arms, they got rid of Joey Gallo, they got what seems to be at least a decent prospect for him, which seemed impossible for most of the run-up to the trade deadline. They got a pitcher, a good pitcher, Frankie Montes, and, you know, they got more outfield help. And, you know, Harrison Bader we won't see for a while. I think one of the insiders was quoting, like, an anonymous executive saying, like, oh, he's like a Brett Gardner type. Um, which again, you can make your jokes at my expense if you want to. I thought that was pretty funny that we just got rid of the old one and now we apparently have a new one, but, um, he's going to be good. And, you know, we talked about the Benintendi trade and how, you know, Boone likes that because they can play Aaron Judge and, um, you know, in center field less. And if they get Harrison Bader out there, then, um. You know, if he's that incredible defensively, then it'll be a huge, huge positive to have that to play however often you choose to play him. And otherwise, um, yeah, I think it's a solid B. Obviously, Ben Benintendi needs to go more than one for his, you know, every 20 at-bats. But um, I think these pieces just need to click in and they'll start to pay dividends. And um, if not, you know, if let's say, I don't know, Uh, The piece, the moves that they maybe didn't make, you know, let's say Josh Donaldson continues to be terrible, then I don't know, maybe dip in your farm system a little bit and bring up a guy like uh, Oswald Peraza and finally let him get some flesh there at shortstop, maybe play IKF at third base a little bit. Um, But the moves that they did make, they definitely address needs and that is what matters to me. So solid B and I'd say it could tick up a little bit if these pieces all do pretty well.
0: Yeah, I'll go B plus. Uh, team is short and sweet. I do think they're better than they were last week, which is the goal, right? Yeah, they did miss out on Luis Castillo, which is why I can't give it an A. Um, after uh, this is a good transition. After seeing the initial, at first, the, seeing the initial package that uh, was given up for Juan Soto, I was very mad for a second, but then. Mackenzie Gore was included in it, so I got a little, a little less mad, but still not that much. The initial reporting was
2: kind of misleading, I think.
0: A bit, a bit, but... Wait, wait, yeah, wait. wait, wait.
1: Of- you're you're going to disrespect Luke Voigt like that? He was in that
0: chest. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, dude, honestly, like, with Luke Voigt going back to the Nationals, who really won the trade? I mean, like, let's be real. But, so,
2: Juan Soto yes. is now a saying. Did you know Diego that Luke Padre. Voigt hit 20 home runs in 60 games two years ago?
0: Maybe. Did you know Luke Voigt led the league in home runs in a Mickey Mouse season? Um, Luke Voigt
2: went from the Yankees to the Padres to the freaking Nationals in less than a year. That man is in hell.
1: Hey, Eric Hosmer yeah. went from the Padres to the Red Sox. So, Yeah, nah, well, not as bad, but still not that much
0: better. But yeah, well, as Juan Soto is a San Diego Padre. Um, the Nationals should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, they literally had one of the best baseball players ever at the age of 23. And they didn't really get that great of a package for him. They got a good package, but not a good package. The great Nationals,
2: yeah, in just the just course crazy. of like two something years, had Bryce Harper, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer, and Juan Soto, and among others. And Anthony Rendon. <laughs> Anthony Rendon. They got a championship out of it, which, you know, typically kept that. But Lord have mercy, dude. Like, pa- Patrick Court. Oh, never mind, Never mind. Yes, never mind that. Dude, they got one. Ch- I mean, they got a championship out of it. It seems insane to be like, oh, they only got one championship because it's a championship. But for Christ's sake, dude, like that. All those guys are gone now. Like that's crazy.
0: Yeah, but it was a it was a pretty busy trade deadline, I guess. Obviously, Soto to the Padres. Uh, you know, Soto, Machado, and Tatis. When obviously, whenever Tatis comes
2: and back, keep betting down scary. the for whenever that hypothetical. Future contract extension lens. It's going to be a fucking gigantic one.
0: Yep. Uh, other uh, other trades. We our former former Yankee great D. Rob is going to the Phillies. Uh, that means D. Rob will now have a 15.8 ERA for the Phillies for the next two months. Because that's just what happens to relievers when they go to Philly.
2: Noah Syndergaard um, also going to the Phillies.
0: Yep. Noah Syndergaard also going to the Phillies. Uh, Whit Merrifield. Going to the Blue Jays. That
1: that
2: annoying. one
0: pissed me off. That happened
1: like the 11th. That's annoying.
0: Um, so a big surprise today for me was Wilson Contreras not getting traded. Um, and I, Ian I mean, Happ
2: also not getting traded. I was
0: very happy he didn't get traded because if he did, it was looking like he was probably going to the Mets. So or
2: the Astros.
0: Yep. So very very good there. Uh, Ratio Glacius gets traded to the Braves.
1: That one was very surprising. That was like just
2: a Braves at Especially the deadline. he line. just
1: signed with the A's of the Angels like a year ago, right? not like a four-year yeah. contract. Uh, the
0: Angels, you know, they just were like, you know
1: what? We don't want to be good. We um, really they just don't want to yeah. pay anyone. They have money and they want to spend. But then when they do actually commit to the contract a year or two later, they're like, they have big-time bonus yeah, remorse. They're the Rays of the West. Um but, Except
2: they play in literally Los Angeles, which is you know way to leverage your market, guys. Like,
1: and they give contracts and they just back out of them.
2: Um, <laughs> the Braves, man. The Braves are active, and I, I said I'll, to Austin like my Mets fan,
0: signed for eighteen years, uh, fifty million dollars. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like the. You know, to my Mets fan friends, I was like, dude, are you scared of the Braves? It'd scare the absolute piss out of me if I was the Mets. Like I I know a lot
0: of NLE's fans and according to like I know a few Marlins fans, some Mets fans, and they all tell me that like the Braves, like teams just shit their pants when they play the Braves. Like teams will just go to Atlanta and play the Braves and just forget how to play baseball. That's according to my Mets and Marlins friends fans. So who knows if that's true? That's obviously they're biased, but yeah, that, that's what I hear about the Braves. But, yeah, guys, it was a – it was a bit, like I said, it was a busy trade deadline. Uh, a lot of teams got better. Like I said, um, if Fernando Tatis ever stops riding motorcycles and comes back to that Padres lineup, that's a very scary team. Uh, hopefully, maybe them Dodgers and LCS, that would be awesome. Um, But, yeah, Luke Voigt going back to the Nationals. Uh, I think they're the real winners of this trade deadline. Okay, I'm done, I'm done with the Luke Voigt jokes. I'm done. I'm
1: absolutely done.
2: No,
0: you're not. You're I definitely not done. <laughs> so that was, yeah, because that was the He's going to be down
2: there in Washington with like his entire jersey unbuttoned button because no one will be watching or care. Yeah,
0: so. For like a 20, 30-minute period, it was looking like Eric Hosmer was just holding up the entire deal. He had I was he had so,
1: so much looking forward and to And then that. they
0: just said, all right, never mind. Okay, well, how, about, how about Luke Voigt? And they're like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. We don't
1: care. I really, really wanted Hosmer to be the thing that said no to the whole deal. But that would, Yeah. That would have been be
2: um, uh, Also, we didn't mention, or I even, either we didn't mention it or I didn't hear it mentioned, but Josh Hader also got traded to the Padres, which is oh a, yeah, it was
0: a big deal. Oh, yeah, Josh. That was, see, that happened like a few days ago and almost got lost in the shuffle. Josh Hader is now a San Diego Padre. That kind of came out of it, nowhere. They said,
2: remember 36 hours ago when this trade deadline was boring?
0: Yep. <laughs> It's very true. It was a crazy final two days and yeah, like I said, a lot of teams got better. Um but guys, any final thoughts wrapping this up? Eh, yeah, well I've already Andrew's still Andrew's still thinking about that game. Uh, can't blame him uh a quick thought quick i, don't, I hate to we end the podcast to...
2: immediately after the game and say it's not going to be about the game and we're all mad <laughs> because the game sucked like <laughs> yeah, it happens it
0: happens but guys really like i hate to end the pod on this sort of note but vince scully just announced that he passed away so 94 years old legend of the game a very sad rest in peace to a true legend uh Hate to see that. We were just talking about the Dodgers, and it just I like saw it on my I was like saw it on my timeline, and then we were talking about the Dodgers, and I just thought about it again. So
1: you know what that means, right? It means he, yeah. he saw he saw the. the, the Joey Gallo was the. Joey final Stray, Gallo, yeah. Yeah. Then, you know I've I bought you know partner, Andrew. I that's wasn't in such be, poor taste. I wasn't, I was,
0: I wasn't going to be that guy, but I would be lying to you if I told you I hadn't seen that If joke, you I'm hadn't thought either, about it I, like,
1: I have seen that joke in on Twitter That's such like five awful times taste, already. and I hate myself for saying that, but, like, I couldn't. I, I thought and about on it. And on that note, <laughs>
0: for Luigi, for Andrew, for G, this was the Bronx Bar about podcast, and Andrew's going to hell. <laughs>